You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Samuel chapter 16, we'll read one verse here, and then we'll read several verses a little bit later. And I don't know much, and so when I get up to preach, I'm not going to tell you what I know. But I'll tell you what the Word of God says, and hopefully that'll, I know that'll speak to your heart as He promised uh, His Word will not return void. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. As you're turning there, I'll just say this, time flies. Time flies when you're having fun, that's for sure, but time just flies in general. It's amazing, and we uh, truly have been uh, having the time of our life here in North Carolina. My wife and I are two kids, and uh, it's, it's amazing to think about um, I, in some essence, it's, we, we just got here to Roanoke Rapids, just moved here from California and uh, came to Roanoke Rapids, and now we're knocking on the door of six years uh, here at Victory Baptist Church uh, coming up in September. Uh, time flies, and we sure have been having fun uh, along the way, and I'm thankful for a church family. I'll tell you what, uh, you, you can't stay somewhere for very long if, if you don't love the people there, and I'm thankful that uh, we, uh, my, my wife and I have I gained a love and appreciation for our church family, and I'm thankful for the love that you've shown to us. As we have accumulated, as we have adopted to life here in North Carolina, I've noticed some differences versus I grew up in the Midwest, Illinois, and grew up in a small town called Orion, only really just 1,600, I think. It might have grown a little bit since I've moved away. Uh, not a stoplight in the town, just small town. But there are some things in the Midwest that we say and we do uh, that other people in the United States do not do. There are some things I have found in North Carolina that y'all eat and that y'all say and that y'all do that is not everywhere, folks. And uh, we are blessed here in North Carolina, just to name a few. And, and I know, I know, I know I'm going to offend a few folks this morning, uh, probably, especially Brother Dan. I'll offend him because he likes to mention it a lot. But uh, I, I can't help myself but mention some kind of food while I'm behind the pulpit. And I know it's approaching lunchtime, and I promise I won't be too long. Uh, I don't know really what that means, but I'm just saying that to comfort you this morning. And uh, I've noticed, uh, moving here to North Carolina, that we are blessed with the best when it comes to food. Uh, talking about fried chicken, amen, and Eastern Carolina barbecue. I never would have thought that I would have liked to put vinegar sauce on barbecue and, and make that a habit in my life, but I tell you what, I love it. I, I, I love that taste, the Eastern Carolina barbecue. Anybody else with me on that one? All right. Uh, I never thought I would have liked cabbage, the, the boiled cabbage or put in the frying pan. I, I do. I love it. I love it, okay? It's good stuff. I can eat a lot of it. I'll eat a quart of it at one sitting. I don't know if it's good for me, but it's, it tastes good, amen? I like the fried cornbread, that flat cornbread. I, I don't know the specific word for it, but I, I love that. Right? I, I know, Brother Dan, your blood's boiling. You're getting offended here because you're getting hungry. And butter beans, corn pudding, uh, all of the above. I, I've noticed here the cheeseburgers and the hot dogs. It's, it's, not, it's not a cheeseburger or a hot dog without the chili, the slaw, the onion. I even like some mustard on mine. I put that on there too. Go ahead. Just check off the list. I'll take it. Um, there are some things that I, I don't like or I've never tried. It just doesn't sound good to me. And 
please prove me wrong. Uh, but uh, fried green tomatoes, anybody like fried green tomatoes? Okay, that is something that I have never had yet, but uh, I'm okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to try it because I don't knock it until I try it there. So uh, fried green tomatoes, I've seen that on the, on the menu at Oscars, and I thought, what in the world? That, is that a tomato before it's ripe and then you fry it? I mean, I, I do not know the concept of that. Uh, pickled watermelon rinds, we were just talking about that at the funeral luncheon the other day. Uh, yesterday. And uh, anybody like pickled watermelon rinds? Okay. All right. Yeah, we're in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, cheer wine, a type of soda. I, all right. Good. That's still popular. Okay. All right. Cheer wine. And of course, you've got the restaurants that are here, Bojangles and Cookout. Brother Dan, have I checked off all the lists for you? We're good to go. Not only the food do I enjoy at North Carolina, in North Carolina, but I've noticed something about our etiquette that uh, it doesn't matter if you know them, you pass by them in the car, you pass by them on the street in the grocery store, and you just wave. You smile and wave. That's my motto, smile and wave. When in doubt, smile and wave. I'll never go wrong. We also, uh, if you accidentally, you don't know the person, but you accidentally make eye contact with them, you just say, hey, how are you doing? Or hello, how are you? And you actually say a conversa- have a conversation sometimes, and it grows, and it's like, oh, you know this person, I know that person too, and oh, yep, exactly, it's a small world, small town, we know everybody, and you know, that, that's just, it's friendly, and I love that. I love that about a southern small town like Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. I like saying y'all, it's just easier, and so I've, day one, I've just adapted that, y'all, I love it. I don't know why I ever attempted to put the extra effort in there and say, you all. You just put them together and you got y'all, and it's great. And then there's this phrase, which I'm, I'm still, and this is where I'm getting to here. We're, we're going somewhere with this. There's this phrase that I'm still trying to understand all the meanings and how it's applied, but I hear it all the time, and it's the phrase, bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. You could say it sincerely, bless your heart. Or you could say, bless your heart. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, there's different, I guess it's the tone, how you say it, different inflections. It means different things. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you have sympathy on someone. They've gone through a hard time. You say, bless your heart, and it's meaningful. Sometimes you do something dumb, and they say, bless your heart. You know, you'll, you'll learn next time. And uh, I, I hope at the end of this message, I don't get the compliment or the critique, bless your heart, like you, you tried your best, Brother Nathan, but with the Lord's help, we'll do okay this morning. I would like to focus on that topic, though, this morning, the topic of the heart. We say it a lot, bless your heart. Well, when it comes to the heart, I, I'd like to say that the Lord cares about your heart. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, This is as Samuel, the the, the man of God, the priest, he's looking to anoint the next king of Israel after Saul had disqualified himself by disobeying the Lord. said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, as he's looking at the sons of Jesse, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For uh, For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. My question to you this morning is, how about your heart? If God sees your heart, how's it doing? How is your heart this morning? Let's pray and we'll get into the message. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we open your word. 
we see from you how much truly the heart matters. And I pray that the truths that are conveyed this morning, God, would you convict us? Would you challenge us? I pray our hearts would be open and moldable this morning. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise for what you do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one this morning, how about your heart? Let's look at number one, the heart matters. The heart matters. Literally, the, the organ inside of you, that definitely does matter because it keeps you alive. All right, that's the thing that circulates the blood through your system. As a matter of fact, I look at just a, a few facts here. But your heart will beat about 115,000 times each day. Your heart pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood every day. It's amazing what the heart does. But yet, not just the physical heart, but I'd like to say the spiritual heart or our inner person, our inner being, that matters because that's what affects us in our spiritual life. That's how we will live spiritually healthy. It all is a matter of the heart. The heart matters. I looked on the Webster uh, Dictionary and it says, the heart is the seat of the affections and passions as of love, joy, grief, enmity, courage, pleasure, etc. That is the heart. That's the seat of our emotions. It goes on to say in that definition, and this was the, uh, the, the I forget the exact year, but this is the old, older Webster Dictionary before they started changing all the definitions. But it says here, uh, we read in Scripture of an honest and good heart. It's amazing how a dictionary would include Scripture. An evil heart of unbelief, a willing heart, the Scripture describes. It describes a heavy heart, sorrow of heart, a hard heart, a proud heart, a pure heart. That's what the Scripture has to say about our heart and what kind of hearts are, uh, there are. But may I say this morning, the condition of our heart, it truly does matter to God. We read that verse that God looketh on the heart. He doesn't just look on the outside. We, we see, I see you, I see your appearance, but yet I don't know what's going on on the inside. But God sees it. He knows our thoughts, our innermost thoughts. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly what you need because he sees our heart. As we look through Scripture, we find many men of God that it describes their hearts. Just to kind of get us understanding here that it, the heart matters, would you flip back just a few chapters in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. This is as God is looking for a priest. He's looking for a man of God, and, and that man uh, would be Samuel. But in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and in verse 35, the Bible says, And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to all, uh, to, to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. Samuel was a priest of God's heart, literally a priest that, that is going after God's heart in line with his heart and with his soul. We look further to chapter 13 and we find as Saul has disobeyed God and God has refused him as being king of Israel. It says here in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. Samuel's talking to Saul here. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded uh, him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept 
that which the Lord commanded thee. We know David as the man after God's own heart. We go further into the book of Daniel. You don't have to turn there for sake of time. But we look at the life of Daniel. And in chapter 1 and verse 8 of the book of Daniel, we find that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Daniel was a man that purposed in his heart. He had a purposed heart. We look in the book of Ezra. We find this man named Ezra in chapter 7 and verse 10 of the book of Ezra. It says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. We find the son of David, King Solomon. It says in 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 29, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much, and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. Solomon had an understanding heart and largeness of heart. We look in 2 Kings chapter 23 and verse 25. We find a man by the name of Josiah, King Josiah. And it says, And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. I say just by looking at those few examples, and there's many more in the Bible, but I say that the heart matters to God. The heart matters to God. We find the phrase whole heart. With my whole heart, we find in the, in the book of Psalms several times, ten times in the Bible, that phrase whole heart. All your heart, we find it six times in the Bible. All thine heart, we find it three times in the Bible. But the heart is of serious importance to the Lord. As uh, we just had a gym night last night, the teens uh, and I, uh, and, and my family was there as well, and uh, Miss Kelly Pinnell, her family, uh, helped us. But uh, we had a good time with the teens last night, did some different gym games. And uh, I'll say one thing, we had a good time, it's because all the teens gave all their effort. Can you imagine with me if we had a teen activity, like a gym night where you have to put forth effort, and all the teens had in mind... I'm just going to do this thing half-hearted. I'm just kind of, I don't know if I really want to participate. You know, I'll, I'll kind of stand where I'm supposed to stand, but I don't know if I really want to get into it. i tell you what, as a youth pastor, I would be thinking, I don't ever want to have a gym night with these teens again because nobody tries. But that wasn't the case last night. Last night we had a great time. They gave their 110%, and it was fun. Putting forth effort made it fun. It's a pet peeve of mine that, someone would do something half-heartedly like in sports, soccer, basketball, football, and it's a pet peeve when it's your teammate. Now, the other team can do it half-heartedly, that's fine, because I'll win. But when it's a teammate of yours, and whether it's passing them the ball, and then they just kind of let it get stolen from them, or you kick a ball, a soccer ball to them, and, and they just kind of let it roll by them, Woo! no, don't do that. That's half-hearted. That's not playing like you should. Uh, Michael, our, our son, he's three years old, going to be four in September. Uh, he, when we ask him to do something, a lot of times he'll obey. But sometimes if he's playing with something and he's not quite done with his toys, every kid, I, I assume, goes through this. But uh, mom or dad say, all right, it's, it's time to eat or it's time to move on. We got to pick up all our toys. And uh, if, if you don't want to do it, then, you know, like Michael, he just kind of takes his sweet time, you know. Not much motivation, do I really have to? So he, he doesn't obey right away sometimes. 
Sometimes it's because he doesn't understand. Why? Why do I have to put away my toys right now? But mom, but dad, I'm not hungry. I'd rather play with my toys. Sometimes we do that with the Lord, don't we? God tells us to do something, impresses it greatly upon our heart, but there's just some unknowns to us that we, we feel like we've got to figure it out before we trust the Lord with it. When in reality, we ought to trust the Lord right away, and we ought to obey right away. The heart matters to God, a heart that's obedient, and a heart that gives it our all 100%. Can you imagine with me, please? Could you imagine with me if there's some characters, uh, some men uh, in the Bible that did something half-heartedly or did half the job? Could you imagine Noah? <laughs> Could you imagine Noah if God tells him, gives him all the instructions to build the ark and Noah starts to build it and he realizes, man, this is, a, this is hard work. And putting that pitch on the inside, making sure this thing is watertight. Do, Lord, do you understand how big this boat is? And how hard it is to, to put this pitch all over it, make sure there's not a leak in the entire boat. Can you imagine if Noah just said, you know what, let me just do half of it. Half of it, and we'll, just, we'll gather all the animals on this half, and so you know, water won't come in on that side because we're all on this half, and it'll be just fine. Well, I don't think it would have worked that way. I think the ark wouldn't have done its job. Can you imagine if uh, God parted the uh, Red Sea half-heartedly and only half the sea parted? Well, that, that probably wouldn't have worked either. Can you imagine Israel conquering Canaan, going across the Jordan River, and uh, going up to Jericho and obeying God half-heartedly and just giving it forth half the effort? I don't think they would have experienced the victories that they did. God blesses 100% of your heart. Can you imagine David <laughs> fighting Goliath? I mean, what a mismatch. The mismatch of the century. Even the world knows that's the, uh, an incredible mismatch. But could you imagine if David only did it half-heartedly? Okay, well, Lord's with me. And, you know, I, I doubt that's how the story went. I doubt that's how Daniel handled it. Could you also imagine with me maybe going a step further than just characters in the Bible? But if God did some things half-heartedly, can you imagine if, if he created us half-heartedly? And we know it's not possible. Why is it? Uh, you take this pulpit, for example, or you take any piece of matter, and you put it under a microscope, and you zoom in, and it's amazing the detail. It goes down to the very atom. You go all the way in, and even the atom has its different parts. It's amazing the intricate design that there is a creator. And he didn't just do it half-heartedly, but he put his whole into it. He put his whole heart, whole effort into his creation. You know why? Because he loves his creation. Can you imagine if God forgot to supply some manna to the children of Israel uh, when they're wandering through the wilderness? And, oh, you're right. You've been three days without some, some manna. I just, I completely forgot. Let me, let me make it up for you. That's not how God works. God is faithful to every promise and everything that he supplies. Can you imagine as the Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. If Jesus were to say, well, yeah, you can, you can cast your care on me, but I, I, I kind of care for you. I, I care for you, but I, I kind of care for you. And if I have time, I, I might get to your care, and I might take care of that. I might give you the comfort you need, but it's just not 100%. That's not how the Lord works. 
He gives us a promise like that, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's a promise. And he doesn't just care for you. He really cares for you. That's God. I don't believe that God would have sent his son to die for us if he only cared about us with half his heart. He was willing to go to the cross because he fully loved us. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So what do we do in a race? We run that we may obtain. We've got to give it our all. This, this race called life, we've got to give it our all. We've got to give it our all, all our heart, our whole heart, all our heart. Deuteronomy 6, 5, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. God cares about the heart. The heart matters to God. Number two, so not only does the heart matter to God, but let's look at number two, the matters of the heart. What are some things that we should do with all our heart? Scripture gives us several points, and I'll go through them quickly. Number one, I, I, I believe that we should serve God with all our heart. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 24, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things He hath done for you. Joshua 22 verse 5, as Joshua charges the children of Israel, gives them a challenge, he says, But take, heed, uh, take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. The heart matters to God and we must serve God with all our heart. Are you serving God today with all your heart? When we are serving God, we must do it 110%. Choir members, when you sing in the choir... Do it with all your heart. And I believe we, we've done that this morning. When we sing uh, uh, as a congregation, may I encourage you, church member, to sing with all your heart. Nursery workers, care for those kids with all your heart. Sound men, do your job with all your heart. Security, do your job with all your heart. Sunday school teachers, do your, your job as you teach those young people with all your heart. Give it all you've got. Bus workers, Love those bus kids with all your heart. Serve with all your heart. When we worship God and we live for God, we must do it with all our heart. Number two, under that point, the matters of the heart, we must obey God with our heart. We find that in, in uh, Psalm 119, verse 34. It says, Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. When you open the Bible and you read it. And my hand is up, I'm being honest. I'm guilty of not fully, with all my heart, sometimes reading the Bible. Sometimes I just kinda do it because I know I have to. Sometimes I do it and I've got other things that are pressing, I've gotta get to them, and so it's kinda like a speed read and it's just surface reading. But yet when we read the Bible, we've gotta fully understand and comprehend and remind ourselves that hey, we must read the Word of God with all our heart. When you talk to God, talk to Him with all your heart and pour your heart out to Him. We must obey God and His Word with all our heart. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, you might have memorized these verses. Good verses right here. Trust in the Lord with 
all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Just as sometimes our son, and even our, I'll throw my, our daughter in there, she's an angel, but sometimes she doesn't like to obey as well. Just like a child. Now, we must fully obey with all our heart the Lord's leading. Let's not, let's not try to figure out all the questions and why we're doing what we're doing. If God's told you to do it, just do it. Just trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Obey God with all your heart. Praise God with all your heart. It says in Psalm 111, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. I hope you came to church today and not just going through the motions. I, I, I understand. I, I fully understand. Uh, sometimes we, we kind of just get in a, a routine, right? We get in a routine and we know we go to church. We're going to hear the choir do an opener. We're going to sing a couple congregational songs. And then we're going to have an opening prayer. We'll have announcements. Uh, we'll probably have another song. We'll have some special music. And then we'll hear the message. We know, we know the order of service like the back of our hand. We know what to expect. And if we come to church just going through the motions, unfortunately, uh, our heart's left behind. But could I encourage you, and as you come to church, uh, church is an opportunity. Church is a privilege. You realize there's people in this world that don't have the opportunity to go to church this morning. But when we come to church, may we realize, hey, let's sing with all our heart. Let's, let, let's, let's participate in the service. Let's sit there with our hearts wide open and let God speak to our hearts and, and say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey you with all my heart. Let's praise and worship God with all our heart. When we sing those songs, may they not just be words on a page, but may they, those uh, words sink into our hearts, and may with our hearts we just sing out for the Lord and worship Him. You know why we should worship God? Because God is worthy. God is worthy of our praise. Do you realize God loves you this morning? Do you realize that God loves you so much that He died for you this morning? God loves you so much He gave you eternal life. He gives you a home in heaven. Not only that, but he gives us so many promises. I can't even number all of them in his word. And he's true and faithful. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll supply all your needs. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he's going to give you exactly what you need in the time that you need it. And that is why God is so worthy of our praise. Will we worship God? Will we give him our all? Will we worship him with a whole heart this morning? We must praise God with our whole heart, with all our heart. Live for God with all your heart. There's several verses here. I'm just going to go through them. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink, some, uh, they're not very spiritual things, but sometimes we make them spiritual things, right? Or uh, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. It doesn't matter. Just living life. Let's do it all to the glory of God. Colossians 3.25, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. We must, whatever we do, do it with all our heart. Why don't we? Why, why, why don't we serve God? Why don't we obey God? Why don't we praise God? Why don't we live for God? 
with all our heart. I believe sometimes it's just because we're distracted. I believe we just don't have our mind on the matter. Our mind's somewhere else. I think sometimes it's maybe because we're not right with God and therefore there's that division there and we're distracted from doing what God has commanded us to do. I think under that distracted, I think it's just maybe it's because we've not made it a priority in our life. We're distracted. I think another reason why is, like I've said, the routine, just going through the motions. We've done it for so long, we can do it with our eyes closed. I say that sometimes with the choir, you know, some of our our backup songs, if you will, if, if we need a song and we don't have, uh, quite have another one ready. There are fallback songs, and it's the songs that we just know like the back of our hand. But I encourage our choir, and, and uh, I try to uh, remind myself that even though we know it like the back of our hand, uh, let's sing it like it's the first time singing it, and just sing it out for the Lord, uh, revealing that truth and the power within the songs. I think another reason is that, that we don't fully serve God and live for God, obey God, and praise God with our whole heart is simply because we've forgotten the reason why we do it. We've forgotten why. Why do we go to church? That's a very dangerous spot to be in. Because if you forget the reason why we go to church, or you forget the reason why you serve God, very soon in your future, you're, you're not even going to be in church. You're not even going to be concerned about the things of God because you've forgotten the purpose. You've forgotten why we're doing what we're doing. We've forgotten that Jesus, uh, what, what he's done for us, and that, that is the reason. Jesus is the reason. The reason is he's given us a, a great commission to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've got to reach the lost at any cost because the time is short. We don't know when this life is going to end. We don't know when our lives are, are going to come to an end. We, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And with all that in our mind, we ought to have that purpose and that reason. Hey, we've got to reach as many as we can. We've got to nurture the growth of, of baby Christians as, as much as we can. If someone doesn't know the Lord, we've got to try our best to get, give them the opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior because we don't know when this life is going to end. We've got to remember the reason why we do what we do. The last point is this. Not only does uh, the heart matter, We've discussed the matters of the heart. Lastly, and, and I'll be done, I'm aware of the time, I've got a few minutes. The heart of the matter is the last point there. The heart of the matter. What does that mean? It means the vital part. What's, what's the most important, the central part? And that is our heart. It starts with the heart. Our heart is the source. And let's just start with looking at the condition of our heart, if you will, very quickly. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, before the flood came, before Noah built the ark, it says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. That's still going on today. Our heart is still wicked. The world says, follow your heart. You watch any kind of Disney movie, you're going to get that right off the bat. Follow your heart. Your heart will tell you your destiny. Follow your heart. Discover yourself. Watch any celebrity, Hollywood, you name it. 
anything on the TV, uh, secular, anything. It's, it's just follow your heart. Just do, do what you think your heart is telling you to do. Uh, let me just remind us in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. The world says, follow your heart, but the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What are we doing this morning? How about our heart? The heart of the matter is we've got to understand what our heart is, the condition it, it has been in. Proverbs 18, 18.2 uh, says, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. There it is. There it is. A fool wants to figure out how to discover itself. Right? Figure out, okay, let's just let the heart lead. Let's discover ourselves. Let's find our identity. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We must protect our heart, but we must understand that our condition is not a, not a good place. Our, our condition is a, a deceitful and wicked heart. But I'll say this morning, despite the condition of our heart, Christ loved us with all of His heart, and He gave Himself for us. In Romans 5, 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth or demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us, even though our hearts were wicked. He knew how sinful we were, yet he chose to die for us because he loved us despite our sinful condition. He was willing to give his all for you. The question is, are you willing to give your all for him? If you've never trusted, your Christ, uh, uh, tr trusted Christ as your Savior, that's the first thing that you need to do this morning. Don't put it off. Make sure that your heart is trusting in the Lord. Don't trust in your heart to get you through this life and throughout eternity. You must put your faith and trust in the Lord. Believe He died on the cross for your sins. You may be wondering, Brother Nathan, I... If you were to see my heart, you would, you would realize just how cold I am. If you were to see my heart this morning, you'd just realize how hard my heart is. I feel like my heart has just been so callous. I, 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 I just don't know if I could feel the touch of God anymore. And to you, if that's your spot that you're in, and you feel that that's a condition of your heart, could I say that God can mend the brokenhearted, God can melt the cold-hearted, and God can mold the hard-hearted. It doesn't matter what condition your heart is in right now. It matters in where are you going to put your heart. The choice is up to you. Are you going to let the Lord uh, do a work on your heart? Are you going to realize that, hey, God, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because of that, I'm, I'm just going to let you mold me and shape me into who you want me to be. Or, you can choose not to and try to follow your own heart. The choice is yours, but God can change it. God can change your heart. You just got to let go of the reins of your heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. 
I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the condition of your heart at this very moment if you don't know Christ. But hey, we must realize, hey, God can take care of it. It's through the blood, as the lady sang this morning. It's because of the power that's in the blood that he can transform your heart into something that was so hard and calloused, and he can change it into something that's moldable, shapeable, and willing to let God work. How about your heart this morning? Have you been serving God, obeying God, praising God, living for God with all of your heart? What are some areas this morning in your life that you need to put a little more heart into? I've done, I've done this over and over again, and I'm just so used to the routine, but I have to admit, I just I haven't put my whole heart into it. It's been a while since I've actually put that, that full heart effort into it. You know, the Lord will bless the effort. The Lord will bless that. If you're obedient and fully obedient, I mean 100% all in, all your heart, whatever area of responsibility, whatever area of service that God has given to you, Lord, I'm just going to do it. Lord, I'm going to go to church every, every Sunday, every time the doors are open. I'm going to go to church. Why? Because God's given me the opportunity. He's told me to go to church, and I'm going to not only go to church, I'm not only going to sit in a pew, but I'm going to do it with all of my heart, and I'm going to let God work in me. Will you do it with all your heart? I close with this song. It's with all my heart. I'd like to read you the lyrics of it. It says, In this quiet place with you I bow before your throne. I bear the deepest part of me to you and you alone. I keep no secrets, for there is no thought that you've not known. I bring my best and all the rest to you. I lay them down. The chorus says, with all my heart, I want to love you, Lord, and live my life each day to know you more. All that is in me is yours completely. I'll serve you only with all my heart. You faithfully supply my needs according to your plan. So help me, Lord, to seek your face before I seek your hand. And trust you know what's best for me when I don't understand. Then follow in obedience in every circumstance. With all my heart, I want to love you, Lord, and live my life each day to know you more. All that is in me is yours completely. I'll serve you only with all my heart. How about your heart this morning? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.